Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, have you melted yet? I'm fine. You're fine? You don't? Yeah, but the, but since you screwed up the whole Facebook Live thing, you know, let's try to get through the show without going off the air. You know, you can make this work, too. There's two of us. Uh, no, you're show. Captain Technology. So Jeff's upset because we do a little Facebook Live thing from the studio before the show, and somehow we ended up with six seconds when there was like a minute of funny content. <laughs> Jeff thinks that something's lost and we'll I never be say back. something right He's now. He's also very cranky today for some reason. We haven't figured it out yet. Because we'll it's get over to, 100 degrees we'll outside. Get to it during, How's that for a reason? We'll get to it during the show. I'm sure you'll be okay. The best The best is, is, is Grandpa Jason right now is wearing a sweater. Well, it's not warm in the studio, so I'm totally <laughs> fine. I love how you're trying to pass off this age thing on me. You're the one that complains about everything the kids need to get off your lawn. Yeah. But it's it's my thing now. No, I don't have a we're problem going with my to lawn. Stay I don't little, have one. We're going to stay a little cooler today, though. Yeah. We're going to start to talk about some hockey before we hop on the show. We'll get to Sam Carcitti in a second when he joins us. Jeff, did you stay up the other night to watch the Phillies game? One o'clock in the morning? No. Come on, man. You're still awake, right? No. No, you weren't there. There's no, there's no point in lying about it. No, no, no. We'll get back to it. Well, why don't why don't we talk to Sam? Right. Maybe, maybe he enjoys the heat. Sam, how are you feeling? We understand you had an accident at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm doing okay. It was uh, uh, a little bad luck and uh, a lot of stupidity, I guess, on my part. I was uh, leaning over a railing and uh, pulling out a weed, and uh, the railing. Uh, the wood had rotted on a railing, and uh, it came tumbling. A ten-foot section came tumbling down about four or five feet into uh, bushes, and took me along with it. So uh, just got a little scraped up, but uh, nothing serious. Luckily, well, I yeah, had, but uh, but but you do have to you have to tell us that uh, what your your lovely wife said to you after you fell. Yeah, because clearly, first we were concerned that you were okay, but then we saw how your wife reacted, and that just made the story a little bit more interesting. <laughs> Yeah, all she cared about was where the azaleas, but they get crushed, and uh, <laughs> and she was disappointed that, it, that I didn't yell out or something, so she could have run outside to take a picture of it. <laughs> she wanted a picture. That's, that's all she cared about was a picture. But you got to load up that <laughs> Facebook she, page, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But she uh, first thing she said to me was, "Oh, at least you don't need a you don't need a tetanus shot because you, you just got one." Because I had. It's been a bad summer for me. I cut my thumb. I was cutting some vegetables, and I sliced my thumb and had to oh. go to uh, urgent care and get a tetanus shot and get it stitched right. up. So that was that was only about three weeks ago. We'll, yeah, so we'll, we'll make you a deal. Cool. We'll make you a deal. Next time you come in the studio, we will remove all metal objects. Yeah, nothing will be sharp around <laughs> here for you. But then yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I know like two months ago, I read something where you were talking about how Paul Holmgren was going to be out. And then you go away on vacation after them telling you that wasn't going to happen. All of a sudden, you got to stop your vacation to report on Paul Holmgren being out. I don't understand. What's yeah. going on, man? <laughs> yeah, well, well actually, I, I was fortunate because I was in Portugal at the time on vacation. And, uh, and uh, you know, our guys, Martin Arducci and Mike Sielski, did a great job of, of covering for me. And uh, But, yeah, they, they flat out denied it two months ago. And, and their excuse later on when I got back, I, I – texted somebody in the organization to find out you know why it was denied when it was the truth two months ago and they said well you know this is what they told us and this is that this is uh somebody connected to the front office and uh, at that time you know he he was still going to be here and then things changed and and uh, to my way of thinking I, I don't think anything changed and uh, I, I just don't think they were ready to announce it at the time 
and uh, you know, Holmgren, Holmgren's, I think he has eight or nine grandchildren, he, and you know, admirably he wants to spend time with them. I, I believe me, I know how he feels. We just had our first grandchild, and and I want to be with him every second of the day. He just, they're just precious, and uh, so I know how, how he feels, and. And uh, I, I don't think he'll be too involved with the Flyers. I think he's there as a sounding board if they need him. Uh, he says he's not going away totally. Uh, but I, to me, I think, uh, you know, it, it will be mostly Chuck Fletcher and, and Dave Scott handling the big things. And if there's, you know, if they're maybe undecided on something and they need somebody to break a tie, uh, you know, they may go to him, uh, you know, as a uh, consultation, that kind of thing. But uh uh, I really don't believe he'll be too active in the Flyers' decisions going going forward. So we're through much of the summer in terms of the decision-making as they head towards the fall when they'll report to camp. What are your initial thoughts on the new regime, Chuck Fletcher there, uh, Alan Vigneault, the system that they're trying to put in? What are your thoughts on the moves they've made so far and what you see them putting in in terms of a system? Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a better team. I, I think Vigneault was a good hire. I, you know, he's um, I think he's the 12th winningest coach in NHL history. How do you argue with that? He does not have a Stanley Cup on his resume, but sometimes that's that's a good thing. You know, it can be a motivator uh, for not only him but for the team. And uh, you know, he's come close a few times. And uh, I think they're improved, but I, I don't think they're a Stanley Cup contender. You know, are they a playoff contender? Certainly a playoff contender. Uh, but you got to look at the other teams in the Metro division. I think the Rangers got better. Um, you know, when you pick up a Panarin and uh, and Kako, who was, you know, the number two pick, and in most years would have been the number one pick, uh, and they picked up a handful of other key players too. New Jersey, of course, with uh, Jack Hughes, who will step right in, probably be the number two center. And, P.K. Subban, they got a top-pairing defenseman. they got Wayne Simmons. Um, you know, so some teams got uh, significantly better. I think the Flyers got better. Um, Columbus uh, took a nosedive. The Flyers should pass Columbus, and, and the Rangers in New Jersey right now, I think, should pass them. Carolina is, uh, you know, they picked up a top-six winger in, in Hula, and, and uh, their goaltending looks solid. The Rangers, uh, I'm sorry, the Isles, they lost uh, their goalie, Laner, who, and they replaced him with Barlamov. I think that's a step back, maybe not a step back as far as some people think. If you look at the numbers, it looks like a big step, but big drop-off. But uh, the Isles' defense is very solid. So, you know, they'll be a playoff team. I think Carolina looks like they'll be a playoff team. The Penguins, uh, they took a step back, I believe, losing Kessel. Washington is still looks like a 100-point team to me. They, they did not get better. Uh, they might have gotten a little worse with some of the moves they made. So, you know, you put it all together, and we should throw Florida in there. Even though, even though Florida isn't in the Metro division, you know, Florida, they add Bob, of course. They add Brett Conley, who's a, who's a good scorer. And the big addition, of course, is Joel Quinville. So I think Florida is going to be a playoff team, and, and that will take one of the wild-card teams. And I think that's what the Flyers – will probably be fighting for as a wild card team. I think it's going to be an exciting year, though. They they have improved themselves by getting Hayes. They've improved the defense. And, uh, you know, when you add uh, Justin Braun, you add Matt Niskanen, veterans. I didn't agree with the Braun deal, by the way, but, but he is going to make the defense better. But I, I just question giving up a second and a third rounder and giving up some cap space they could have used for a third-line right winger. But their defense is better. 
Um, and of course, the big uh, the big thing this year, you have Carter Hart for the entire season. That's going to make a huge difference. And the fact that he knows he belongs now, I, I think there were some doubts last year, um, not only from him, but you know maybe some of the players a little skeptical. Uh, they know now this this kid's for real. And, uh, you know, you, you saw what St. Louis did. I'm not saying the Flyers are going to turn into the Blues, but you saw what happened, what a goalie can do to a team. He can energize a team, and Bennington certainly did that with the St. Louis Blues. And, again, I'm not saying the Flyers are going to win a cup, but, uh, you know, they, they could make things real interesting if Carter Hart keeps developing, and, and I think he will. So, with regard to we looked at your defense, your predicted defensive pairings. Where where does Hague fit in on this team? And is what happened to Sam Marin? He was supposed to be the the great hope of the defense. Yeah, that's another reason why I, I you know I, I, I kind of question the Braun move because uh, what that does now it makes uh, you know Sam Marin and and Robert Hague it makes them uh, Hague is probably seven and Moran eight. Now that you know. Somebody could get injured, and, and that will play a factor. Somebody could get traded still. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it does um, leave you kind of scratching your head because, you know, Haig had, 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 had a pretty good year. I mean, He's he only 24 years old. Right, right. He was the number two draft pick. And, uh, and Sam Moran is a guy who I really like. I mean, you know, granted we haven't seen too much of him because of the injuries. But, uh, you know, this is a guy that plays with an edge, and, and the Flyers really lack that. Uh, I think every, everyone would agree uh, the last couple of years. Um, I think getting Niskit in, you know, was a, was a good move. You have uh, uh, him probably matched up, I'm, I'm assuming, with Provorov, although they could uh, certainly juggle things around. I think Sanheim will probably be with Braun in the second pairing, and, and Ghost will be with Myers, I think, on the third pairing. But, uh you know, if you didn't get Braun, you would have still had a second and third round pick, uh, a, a second pick um, this year and a third the next year. And uh, you would have had a lot more cap space, too, close to $4 million more in cap space. And, and uh, you could have got a decent right winger uh, on the third line. So that that's still a hole that needs to be plugged. Now, now will it be Scott Lawton? Uh, he'll certainly get a shot at it. Um, you know, everybody knows the young kids will – We'll get a shot at him, talking about Morgan Frost, talking about Joel Farabee. Uh, they signed Chris Stewart, who uh, is kind of a hard-nosed guy. Uh, they're supposedly in on a KHL winger, Anton uh, Berdasov, who led the KHL with 114 penalty minutes last year, and he had 19 goals. He'll fit in perfectly uh, a, with the Flyers. <laughs> and he, he's, not, he's not a fast guy, <laughs> but uh, he's a hard-nosed guy. And, uh, you know, sometimes those role players um, – you know, they, they can add to the chemistry. But, uh, you know, to me, I think the money would have been better spent, uh, the money they spent on Braun on a third-line right winger. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. They they will be – their top six is going to be in much better shape, I believe, by getting Hayes. I really like Hayes. I think uh, – did they overpay for him? Probably. Was that necessary? Probably. Because in today's NHL, uh, that's, that's what happens. And – the length of the contract, uh, you know, was a bit of a head scratcher. But again, uh, you got a guy who uh, uh, should be in his prime right now. He's a he's a penalty killer. He's a guy who's probably going to score twenty goals. And uh, you know, I, I see him on the second line with Voracek and JVR and and Couturier uh, centering Claude Giroux and and Travis Konechny. 
the third line is still a little bit up in the air. Yeah, so I have, a, I have a question for you on that. So, so with regard to these later lines, it, we we heard about the 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 great potential of Morgan Frost when they when they got him. Uh, people have raved about him in the minors. We've heard from people in, in Lehigh Valley that they still don't think that he's ready. Uh, that he hasn't put on enough weight to to make it through a season. Is there any chance that more that we get to see Morgan Frost this year at the be either the beginning of the year or mid year with the Flyers, or is he is he set with the Phantoms again? Yeah, no, I think there's a decent chance. And and as far as his weight, uh, I actually talked to him um, during their uh, during their camp uh, for the prospects. I guess it was in late June, and he he's up to 186, so he. You know his weight is not going to be a problem. I mean, he can he can withstand the NHL. I mean, he's um, he just doesn't have the pro experience. I mean, he's never played above the junior level. So, in a perfect world, they would love for him to play in the AHL this year. And uh, you know, if he if he plays well in the first two months, um, you know, uh, or maybe maybe they call him up in in uh, December or January, much like Paul Giroux came up. Um, you know, his first season. And the same goes for Farabee. I mean, don't don't discount Joel Farabee. Joel Farabee uh, played in college last year, and some people think he may be a little bit more advanced um, than Morgan Frost. I, I I just think, you know, they're two different type players. It's hard to compare them. Farabee has, brings a lot of speed, and, uh, you know, Frost has a burst of speed. But, uh, you know, he I think Farabee, and again, he's not going to be a Patrick Kane, I don't think. But uh, you know, he has that ability to be a scorer. And I think Frost is going to be more of a grinder who who finds loose pucks and and he's going to score. Uh, I think down the road, I'm not saying this year or next year even, he's going to be a 25 goal scorer. I mean, he just is always around the puck. He's a great playmaker. Uh, it's been an exciting time. These two guys are are going to be uh, real solid NHL players and. Uh, you know, if these young guys can take another step, the guy, and, and most noticeably, uh, besides some of the defensemen, I think Nolan Patrick and, and Oscar Lindbaum, if they can take another step, things are going to be looking uh, pretty good for the Flyers. Well, if they can, I mean, th- that makes you very strong up center. If, if your centers are Couturier, Hayes, and Patrick, and they're all playing to that potential, you're in much better place. But as we talked about, nothing matters without Carter Hart. What do you expect to see from him in, in year two? And, and what have you seen from him talking to him in the offseason about what he learned in his first chance at getting that taste of NHL play? Yeah, he, he just feels like uh, some of the doubts are removed. I mean, he, he, it's, you know, he, he always had a high amount of confidence. This is a kid who's been going to a sports psychologist since he's like 11 or 12 years old. So, and his purpose was to keep focused, and he wanted – he thought he was going to be an NHL player at that age, and he he has been focused. So you know, nothing he does really surprises him. Uh, that said, there there's you know, it's just natural to have some doubts. You know, you you come from junior and you and you're thrown in there, and and uh, you know he didn't he didn't really have much time in the AHL, and he and quite frankly, he was not playing well at the beginning in the AHL, and then. Um, you know, he turned things around in five or six starts, and he looked like the Carter Hart that we saw in the WHL, and and uh, he carried that over here and and uh, had the long winning streak, and and uh, quite frankly, 
the defense in front of them was not that good. And uh, I think they, the Flyers ended up 29th in the NHL in, in goals against, and that certainly was not indicative of the type of play that we saw from Carter Hart. So I, to answer your question, I think he's going to take a big step this year, and uh, I think he'll play probably 55 games is my guess, you know, 50, 50 to 55 games. And uh, I think he's going to be the main guy, and and uh, I expect big things from this kid. I, I just uh, He's got the mental makeup. Um, physically, he's he's got the uh, athleticism. He's very quick post to post, and uh, he just has that sense about him uh, that good goalies have. Bernie Front, you know, Bernie Front loves the kid and loves his makeup. And and uh, if Bernie Front says the kid's going to be a star, um, you know, take it. I, I take that to heart. Yeah, because Bernie knows a little bit about goaltending. I've seen uh, with some of the changes on the coaching staff, they're going to go with a little bit different power play. That's been a weakness in past years. What do you expect to see in terms of improvement there with what these guys have and then the scheme that they're going to try and put in place? Yeah, I, I guess a lot of that depends on, on Goss's there. If he's still here, I think he will be here, but his name, as you know, has been bandied about. Uh, I think Ghost would be the first to say that he did not have a good year on the power play last year, and, and he's the guy that makes it work. Uh, his entries were not good. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, I mean, you can see him maybe dropping off on defense a, a little bit, but I'm, I was really surprised and disappointed at his play on the power play. He just seemed, uh, you know, a step behind. He just just seemed like he wasn't in sync. And uh, I think you'll see him bounce back. That'll be the that'll be the big thing because if you look at his history, he's he's been in the league four years, and it, it's been great year, and and he slumped off a little bit. Great year and slumped off. So, um, you know, I, I think he'll figure it out. This is a, this is a, a turning point in his career. And, and I think he'll bounce back, uh, uh, especially on the power play. And, uh, you know, their scheme got a little tiresome. I think last year got a little predictable. And I think with the new coaches coming in, I think you'll see them maybe work, try to work behind the net a little more, maybe, uh, behind the goal line. Um, you know, there's only, only so many times you can go to Giroux on the left circle, and uh, I think they got a little too predictable. And, uh, you know, I, I think getting new blood in here as far as the coaches is, is going to help them. But the big thing, I think, is getting Goss's bear. And if he can uh, go back to his form from two years ago, um, the power play is going to be much improved. All right. Well, before we let you go, Sam, I, I got two questions. First, the first question is you said that Carter Hart's going to play 50 to 55 games. That means that approximately 30-plus games are going to be played by Brian Elliott. Is Brian Elliott the answer, and will he be the backup goalie all season? And the second question you can finish off with is, uh, how's Gritty going to do in year two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Gritty's got a tough act to follow. I'll answer that one first. He, he, uh, it's mind-boggling to me how, how it took off nationally, and you see him on the – you know, all the late night talk shows. So uh, I, I think he's, I, he has to uh, look out for the sophomore jinx. It's going to be a, uh, a, a tough year. Maybe he'll have a gossip bear second year. We'll, we'll see that plays out. <laughs> but to but they answer your, your first question, it, it's a big risk. There's no question with Brian Elliott. Uh, you know, I, I think they would like him to play maybe 25, 27 games. Uh, if he's healthy, he's solid. He's, he's, a, he's a guy, you know, who can – lead a team he can he can take a team to the playoffs and uh but the big question is 
is he going to be healthy? And, and we don't know that. And, and uh, he has not been healthy the last two years. Uh, that's why I was a little surprised, quite frankly, that they did re-sign him. Uh, I thought they'd go in a different direction. Um, you know, they got him for $2 million, um, But I, I thought they might go a different way. But uh, um, like I said, <laughs> at this stage of his career, and, he, and uh, you know, he's, he's playing for another contract. So that's a good thing. But you just keep your fingers crossed because he has been injured prone. Not as injury prone as Michael Neubert. But, uh, you know, you worry about uh, Elliott. And, uh, you know, right now, I guess the number three guy would probably be Alex Lyon. And, uh, you know, he, he, he can do the job for, you know, for a few games here and there. And I think his game is evolving still, um, even though he's been around for a while now. But, uh, yeah, I, I – I share. It sounds like you know you, you're a little uh, skeptical, and I am too, to be be honest with you, uh, about Elliot's health because uh, it has not been there, and no, through no fault of his own. The yeah, guy he, works hard, and then he's a competitor. But you don't uh, you don't want to have to see them overwork Hart because they you know they've got a goalie carnival going on behind him there as the backup. So exactly, um, and I think that was I think that that's a good point, and that's I think part of the problem. With uh, with all Elliot's injuries, I think Dave Haxtell pushed and pushed and pushed, and uh, you know they won't come out and say it, but you may be, you may be able to attribute some of his injuries two years ago to the fact that he was load. overused. There's, yeah. there's no question he I'm, was he was worked too much. Look, I'm hoping that the lighter schedule for him means that he can keep his body in better shape. You know, he's not going to have to go back to back nights. He's not going to have to go multiple games in a row. He'll get the spot start and hopefully. That keeps them healthier. Sam, we always love when we come on. People can follow you on Twitter at Broad Street Bull, right? That's right. And, uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me about uh, my fall into the azaleas. That was, uh, that was nice of you. <laughs> We're nothing if not there for you, Sam. We've got your back. And, and and make sure you tell your wife sooner next time so we can get a photo. Yeah, vi- pictures or it didn't happen. All right. <laughs> uh, next, next time I, I fall off my porch, I'll, I'll make sure that the, the camera is set. Thanks, Sam. All right. Guys. Thanks so much, Sam. Look Take forward care. to talking to you as the season gets closer. All right, Jeff. How do you feel after talking to Sam? Because you know that well, I have first, my he con- needs to install a ring for the doorbell. <laughs> not that they're a sponsor. <laughs> All you care about is that there's pictures of Sam falling. You're not worried no, about any, the flyers. Anyone. Well, it or, could be you. I'm okay with you that, You want to see too. pictures yeah. of me falling. No, I, th- I th- <clears throat> look, uh, Sam is uh, a guy who knows the flyers probably better than anybody in the town. And, and I feel pretty good about it. I do worry about Brian Elliott. I worry about his health and I, I worry about his skill set as to whether or not, I mean, heaven forbid Carter Hart gets hurt. Uh, you know, you're back to square one again. That's why I didn't understand the trade at the end of last season for the goalie from uh, Calgary. It, it just didn't make sense to me. Is there a chance or wherever that we're from. doing what we do often in Philadelphia and we're overvaluing our talent again? Do, no. Are, is this team... Because Sam is... Who, who's, like, who, do you, who specifically do you think is being over... We're overvaluing? Well, that's the thing. I actually feel very comfortable with the forwards as is. I would like them to have a third winger. Mm-hmm. But I... I I don't like. I feel like the centers are in much better shape than they were in the past. Right. I feel like the defense is in place to be stronger, even though I have questions about Niskanen coming back. I'm not really sure what Braun's going to do. I feel much better about Carter Hart. I don't know what to make of the coaching because I haven't seen it, 
but does that lead well, to... Well, I mean, Vigneault does have a, a pretty good track record. Yes, he has not won a Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm not sure if that makes but him they hungry or not, the, but... They didn't make the splashy moves. They didn't sign the Panarin. They didn't s- trade for Subban. They didn't make those moves. So in terms of fan base excitement, I was asking you about this before the show. Uh-huh. Are they... Do you want me to be kinder on air than I was off No, air? you can be honest. Oh, okay. I, I just... But kinder. The Sixers make news and get headlines. They spend a lot of money. The Eagles You know, the some Eagles. people say that I'm not nice, it so, used so to be I should that, be nicer, right? When the Phillies and Flyers weren't great, yeah. the Flyers would get more ink. They would get more coverage. That doesn't seem like that's the sports world we're in now. They are fourth in terms of coverage, fourth in terms of interest in the city, as it seems. Do they risk staying there for an even longer time if they don't come back with a team that really performs this year? Because it's been a long time. Look, th- this isn't my statement. This is a statement of of, of the fellow behind the glass. Come but, on, Vito. But, but, you know, he's right. He's Look, they're always, if they win a Stanley Cup, no, then they're not. I, I personally don't like this whole argument of what you rank teams in the city. I, I don't see them as competition against each other. And the Flyers have... A fan base that they will always have, and I, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say they're getting older. No, no, it's they're, not. It's not. They're even not that. necessarily. It's get- that there's a limited sports dollar. The dollar only goes so far. And Why so everything's so cheap? What are you talking about? Not to go to a Flyers game. <laughs> and when you're a fan and you have only so much to spend, yeah. Do you want a night out at the Eagles? where they're going to be that team, or do you want to go to the Flyers game? And and that's a choice that a fan's going to have to make. Now, I'm a hockey fan, yeah. and I will go to see the Flyers because I love hockey, and right. I always have loved hockey. But I'm the exception, not the rule, I think. No, I, I see, I don't see it as an exception. I think that there there is a fan base for hockey. Whether or not they can grow that fan base is a different story. But I don't think that, that, that it, you're an exception in the city of Philadelphia for being a Flyers fan. But I think they need to grow the fan base because the fan base is aging. Well, that's gritty. That's part of it. Isn't it, that it, a problem, though, when you're depending on your mascot no, no, I, to grow see, your fan base did, and not the play I, of the team did on I the ice? Did I say depending? I didn't say depending. I say the Flyers tried something new, something that the old fan base did, would not approve of. And they found a very clever way to do it to get the fan base on board after a, a short period of anger. So, <laughs> I love your your love uh, of gritty now, uh, but uh, but I I think that that was look I think that was a chance to bring in a different audience, and I'm not saying that they are depending or using that as a crutch. I think that it's a start to something. I, look, I actually think the renovations to the Wells Fargo Center are going to help help them out as well. That yeah, you know who wasn't happy? Fans that were there Sunday night for Extreme Rules Wrestling. Why? Because like the whole first level was closed, I, well, other than two stands, and there were really long lines. Well, it, it, well, I was there the <laughs> night before. I was there for the ELO concert. Yes, I'm old. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you dropped that instead of me. Hey, by the way, I realized we have yeah. a, a listener. I didn't realize that we have for the show. Who? My two year old son apparently listens. Yeah, he's going around school telling his teachers that Daddy does a radio that, show and talks. I, I bet he also already says Daddy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, that has nothing just to like, do with just sports. like the one next to me. That has nothing to do with sports. Yeah. That's just a general rule, right? But he did want me to talk a little basketball with you, so I'm going to bring up the Sixers real fast. We're, we're now taking requests from two year olds. Look, huh? he knows more than me is, about. Is everything that a demographic? Anyway. Does that even count as a demographic? 
Yeah. For like radio ratings, do to, to, to two-year-olds count as a demographic? Look, if I'm going to sit here and say that your son knows more about sports than you do hey. as a factual hey. statement, I'm going to have to acknowledge that my son already has more interest in sports than I do. He's also a better basketball player from what I've seen. Well, he's the only one in our family that's ever dunked. <laughs> Granted, it's on a low rim, but that's besides the point completely. All right, a little basketball. Remember, do- you are trying out for, for the Blue Coats this year. So. I don't know about that. Oh, I know you, I know you are. Yeah, Vito's on the side laughing. So Jeff's goal uh-huh. is to embarrass me regularly. And he wants me to get in goal for the union to take a kick at me. Yeah. He wants me to go and try out for the Blue Coats for basketball. And he by wants, the by he the wants way, me I'm, to throw a first pitch I'm, at a minor league game, not for success, but only because he thinks I'm going to spike it in front of the plate. None of these are for like. He, you mean you're going to pull a Lennox? Pretty much. Yes. But all of them are very distinctly possible. He's by the going way. to make sure that there's video of me embarrassing myself because he believes that that will entertain. The union people. coach will allow this. Oh, I, I I know allow that he'll, it. He'll probably get there and oh take shots God. at me. Oh my God! It's going to be against Fabian too. Uh, I mean, he's not going to let you off light. I'm scared for my life. Okay. You're not getting a steel player. The Celtics are upset, and I want to know if you care. They believe (laughs) that... No, I don't care. (laughs) I'm not really asking it as a question. I'm just kind of saying They believe that the Sixers tampered, apparently, and other teams did in signing Al Horford because they thought that they were going to get a chance to talk to Al Horford, the newest Sixer. I want you to tell me how sorry you feel for the Celtics (laughs) because they lost out on the opportunity to keep one of their players. Poor Danny Ainge. Come on, tell me, Jeff. Poor, poor Danny Ainge. You're, You're... Somebody has to explain to me what exactly the tampering rule is that's enforced in the NBA. There is no enforceable because last time I checked, we had a show a couple weeks ago where they were talking about that signing period starts on a certain day, and before that, it's a dark period, and there's not supposed to be discussions. And somehow, before we got to the clock hitting that hour. There were announcements by Woj all over the place about all the deals that had been struck. I've decided that tampering in the NBA is like Fight Club. The only yeah. rule about tampering you like is that. you don't you really talk like to about use the tampering. Fight Club thing. You don't talk about tampering. As long as you don't talk about it, yeah. you can do whatever you want. You, so, can have, you can have whatever conversations. You can go to yachts together. Yeah. You can do whatever you want and end up together. No, banana boats. Just don't talk about it publicly yeah. because then you'll get fined. So here's my deeper question about yes. that. Uh, were you in a fight club that you like to always bring it up? Do I look like I've ever fought anything? I don't know. Maybe you're scrappy. I, like, I run from everything. <laughs> I, there's no way I'm fighting anything. Did you see, by the way, 538 has their early NBA predictions out. Uh, they believe that the Sixers have given them the best shot of winning the championship at 27% and a 55% chance of making the finals overall. Does that make you feel better right now, Jeff? No, it doesn't. But does it make you feel better that Ben Simmons is shooting with can I go, shooting what, gloves? By the way, can I go now and you can just answer the questions for me? I've wanted to do this That's show with perfectly your son fine anyway. With so if yeah. you leave, I've got him. I'm totally yeah. cool with he, that. By the way, he's sitting here. We won't get on the air, but he no. is right here. But so. he is the brains behind the operation yeah. here, and I'll give him credit for that. Right. But So uh, are you excited that Ben Simmons is wearing shooting gloves to get himself in the right form while he's working out? What are shooting gloves? They are apparently gloves that keep your hands in the right place for when you shoot for the follow-through to keep your elbow in on the shot and get your form correct. If you have played basketball since you were a young tyke, you are so cranky. Shouldn't you have learned to shoot by now so instead he, of getting special gloves to keep your wrists so in a certain way? So here's my complaint way? about that. Yeah. If he doesn't practice, yeah. people say he doesn't practice. No, I think he should if practice. He I just don't think he needs shooting and gloves. And uses a tool to help him get better, people go, shouldn't he have you learned that earlier? Yeah. Clearly he didn't because he hasn't taken a shot in the Look NBA. Look at you. 
just become like Ben Simmons' protector. Huh? No, not particularly. I just yeah. don't get the hypocrisy of saying he should practice more. And then when he practices, I don't like the way he practiced. Come on. I just don't think you need shooting gloves. All right, we're going to break. I'm, g- I'm glad it's he's doing it. Well, but When we're come back, shooting we'll, gloves. we'll dive deep into the Phillies. There's NFL news. There's union news. Before we go, though, what do you know where to get the shooting gloves for your tryout for the Bluecoats? No. Because you might want to get yourself a pair. The glo- look, the gloves <laughs> won't help me, okay? When when you're 5'6", yeah. unless you have Wait, what foot, was Spud Webb? Unless you, look. Uh, Spud Webb had skill. I have no height okay, and but, no skill. But don't blame. My point is, don't blame the height. Well, it's the skill. It's not the height. It's, Spud it's, Webb was. It's really both. Really good. It's really both. And could dunk. The, the height and the skill are a bad combination. All right, let's hit the break. Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? To push your limits? The A Fatty clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined to overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder, to dream bigger, and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable. And to do it with A Fatty on you, the original street leisure clothing brand. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the Heart of Sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN with former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville. Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the Heart of Sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen. Jeff, you didn't want to leave basketball without getting to Charles Barkley and his critique of Joel Embiid. Yeah, well, before I do that, though, I, I do want to make other a point. That's right. So, so in addition to Spud Webb, who's 5'7", so I guess your argument could be that he was an inch taller. He's taller than me. And that makes all the difference. But, however, uh, our crack statistician <laughs> did find that there was Muggsy Bogues, who was 5'3". I, he has more skill than me, too. Okay, so then just let's establish it's a skill thing. It's not a height thing. So what's your issue? <laughs> no, that you can't blame height anymore. That's my point. Tell me about right. Charles Barkley. So, so Char- Charles Barkley, of all people, by the way, it's kind of hypocritical. You want to talk about hypocritical. Right. Charles, Charles Barkley has decided talking about somebody else's weight. To, to, say, the... to say that uh, Joel Embiid has to get his fat bleep um in shape. Didn't he eat McDonald's at practice when he was a player? Yeah. Well, well so now, you know, Joel Embiid has moved on to Chick-fil-A, but but uh, look, Joel Embiid does need to get in better shape. He looks like he is in better he, shape from the he picture. He does. So let's let's hope he's... Look, I think these guys are motivated. That was I, my I really question. Do. Are these guys going to come back and are they hearing what everybody's saying you see Simmons working on a shot. Mm-hmm. You see Embiid, who already seems to be in a little bit better shape, who's now going over to China to to play in the Basketball Without Borders. Are they going to come back and prove all these doubters wrong next year? That's what you have to hope for, isn't it? I mean, that the greatest thing that could happen to, to the Sixers basketball is that these guys come back with a very large chip on their shoulders. The greatest thing that happened to Sixers basketball right now is that Ben Simmons could hit a jump shot in the first game. Well, but that's going to be part of whether or not he's... Uh, part of Ben's problem is he is so talented and so skilled at the things that he can do that he's been able to get away with and be confident that he doesn't need these other things. You mean he has skill and height? 
Yeah, he's got both. He's got both. Yeah, so he's he's got he's two for two where you're zero for two. Can we talk a little baseball? Eh, if you want to move on, yeah. you, you, you're not moved by the Phillies these days. Moved? They won yesterday, Jeff. They did. I melted. It was hot. Yeah. Okay, they're fifty and forty-seven. They've been out. They've been outscored by nineteen runs in the last series. They they gave up fourteen home runs in four games. Their to the pitching Dodgers. is bad. You think? Yeah. But they have a new pitcher who you don't like. Tell me about the he, new Phillies pitcher. He will not make me smile. Tell me about the new Phillies pitcher that they picked up. Drew today. Smiley, who who's got who had an eight plus ERA at Texas. Do you but, believe? That but he's, he's a lefty, so they finally have a lefty in the. Uh, but okay, Rotation. here's the thing, though. Who's going out? You, Velasquez you th- should go out. No, no, so you think that they've made that decision? I don't know if they've met, made that decision, but Velasquez has not gone more than five innings this season. So every yeah. time he comes in, well, you're, he's talking an about, opener. you're talking about a four-inning game for your bullpen. So he's not really a starting five pitcher. Inning. Your math was off. No, if he goes five innings, oh, you, I thought you said he was going four, four. innings oh, okay. less. Right. Most times he goes up to. Well, five to be innings. fair, your math is off and off. Even if Smiley gives up an extra run or two right. and goes six innings, he preserves your bullpen, which is clearly along with your starting. What pitching, makes you think that he's going to preserve your bullpen? So, I let, don't me, so let me ask anything. you a question. I have told you I believe no, that they hold need on. to sell. Hold on, <laughs> where are they getting Drew Smiley from? Milwaukee's minor league system. Okay, so. Is is there a dearth of pitching in the major leagues right now? I yes or no? I didn't say he yes was good, Jeff. Yes or no? No, of course not. There is. There's a dearth of not it. Not that's available. There's not a lot of pitching. Dearth. Bad. Less. But there's plenty of pitching. No. Not good pitching good that's pitching. available. Good pitching. So there, there, there's not a lot of good pitching. In, let's not get caught up on our definitions. What's your uh, definition of is? <laughs> There's not a lot of good pitching in the major leagues now, especially since they've played with the ball. So now that you have this situation, if Drew Smiley was sitting there that long and nobody else picked him up, how good do you think he's going to be? What is your better option? And don't tell me Cole Irvin because that's well, what you see keep that, saying. And that's not fair because we had this discussion like before we, when Cole we Irvin got too, here. But that's not the answer according to the Phillies. According to the Phillies. I think they've mismanaged him. I think he could potentially be a fifth starter. Well, you're He's, making my argument for you, and then you're going to throw in a big butt at the they're end. They're looking for people who throw the ball hard, and that's not Cole Irvin. They would rather Vince Velasquez. Is Velas- it Drew Smiley? I don't know, but they'd rather send Vince Velasquez up there every five days to throw the ball 95 and go four and a half to five innings than have a pitcher that could come in there and actually do something even though he's getting contact. That's a All decision right. that that team makes. That's not what I would do for sure. I would give Irvin another shot. I'd put Velasquez in the bullpen because I think that gives you another arm that can throw out there. We have to go back to, to uh, hockey just for a minute. Why? Because, it, well, we just missed this but because Sam was on before, but the Rangers just got better because they just signed uh, Jacob Truba. Wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, so again, that that, that makes yeah. the Metropolitan right, so even stronger. I also distracted you from your little rant. So go ahead. Now go back to your I rant. I don't <laughs> think it's a rant. I think you actually agree because you don't want Velasquez as a starter. Because he's not a starter. He's a guy who throws hard. He doesn't pitch yet. You, I, think I, I think I've heard that I, for I, several years now. Yes. I don't know who would have said so it in the studio. So why are you arguing for him to stay in the starting lineup? I'm not. I'm arguing that Drew Smiley is not the answer. He's a better option than Velasquez, at least to try. Okay. Well, okay. You want to say to try, that's fine. Again, I... that gets back to my where is this uh, team. By, by the way, Smiley's fastball tops out at 92. 
Okay, that's more than Irvin's. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. All right, so you're on the Cole Irvin train. No, I'm on the not Drew Smiley train. Yes, I, I, I believe that if you put Cole Irvin in the rotation every five days, I believe that he would be Mike a believes, decent. Mike believes I'm just twisting at you. I know the way. exactly. Well, I'm not going to let you stick any rusty knives in me either. Uh, all right, but, but uh, I believe that that if used properly, and I believe that this. Rotation and bullpen have been mismanaged. I, I, I've said all along that I believe that it's causing injury. I believe that it d- doesn't lead to confidence among the relievers. I think the messing with the starters is, is becoming a problem. I th- Look, they the last time they used Cole Irvin, they brought him in in a reliever situation. Which is ridiculous. And, and, he's not and a made reliever. no sense. Right. And then, they never left been him, a reliever. and then they left him in there to suffer. And, and it doesn't make sense if... Give him a shot of five or six games, and I guarantee you that is worth more than having giving those to, fi- to those five or six games to Drew Smiley, because he's not a long term answer. Likely, the long term answer, by the way, is until next season, and it's going to be Damon Jones, assuming Damon Jones continues along the path that he's at, and now he's at Lehigh Valley. In fact, if you want, check out Lehigh Valley tonight because he's going to be pitching. So you don't think that. They're going to do anything. It looks like they're talking about potentially looking at starting pitchers. I've told you I don't want somebody for a short-term rental. Would you give up top <laughs> prospects or higher prospects if you had somebody? Tell me who. Tell me who. who you, that, if you say, that, are you willing to give up prospects? Sure. Who are they? For a type of pitcher that's under control for two to three years, you're I'm not, not talking you're not about a pitcher under your top pitcher like years. Bumgartner or anybody right. like that, uh, who I don't even think is worth it for that. But no, because because Madison Bumgartner is now what people are saying they want Madison Bumgartner are people who don't watch Madison Bumgartner because he pitches at ten o'clock so at night. I'll give that's you not names, the same guy. I'll give you names that have been discussed, and you tell me yes or no. Mike Miner from the Rangers, no. Uh, from the Tigers, Matthew Boyd? I don't really know. Would you pay for Zach Greinke? No. No. I would not because of, cause unfortunately he has an, this anxiety issue, and I don't think that you want him in this situation. I think he pitched better in Kansas City and Arizona than he did when he was with um, the Dodgers. So where are you on the Phillies this week? What do you mean, where am I? How do you feel about I'm this right team here. this week? They split against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. They look terrible at times, but at times they fought back and came back. I think they're going to scrap for the wild card. And I'm sitting there saying, believe it or not, that despite spending all this money, this was a a rebuilding, I hate the word, but rebuilding year that you now have the veterans in place that need to be supplemented with pitching from the minors that's a year away. Are you concerned that it came out this week that Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail got three-year extensions and nobody knew about it given what this team is doing right now in terms of their performance, Jeff? Say it again. I was, by the way... Nice just, of you to pay attention. Well, no, just so you know, Boyd, it, Boyd has a 4.13 ERA. He's 28 years old, and he, he has 160 strikeouts at a 1.13 whip. And you wouldn't want that. I mean, yes, it's better. It's better than what we've that's, had. That's what I'm saying. But okay, so what are you giving up? That's what I'm asking. We follow you. the minor leagues. So, so now tell me, that's who, what who I'm are you willing you. to give up? Do you give up a? It, they're who? going to ask for a top prospect. You're not who? giving. You're not giving your Alec Boehm. You're not giving your Spencer Howard. Right. You're not giving your Mickey Moniak. You're right. not giving your Bryson Stott. Do uh-huh. you give up an Adonis Medina or somebody like that 
for a pitcher like this. I don't. That sort of. I don't see the. the uh, I mean, we've seen him pitch a couple times this year. I don't see Adonis Medina as as this top line prospect. The Phillies see something in him that that I don't see. Obviously, they know more. But uh, him, I would give up. I'm not sure I'd give him up for Boyd. I'll tell you who I would give him up. I'll give him up for Marcus Stroman. That's another name that's been out there. Well, so, would, uh, so that I'll do. So would you give up a higher prospect? Do you give up a Spencer Howard or somebody for him? Or do you not give up that arm? Because even if you get Stroman, you're still going to need arms to come up to pitch for you. By the way, so maybe maybe I'm wrong about Miner because the, the latest little note that I got was Miner's 8-4. and four. He's 31 years of age. He's got a 2.13 ERA um, and 121 strikeouts in 122 innings. So who do you give up for him? 2.73 ERA. Uh, that's He's what I'm saying. Hand, right? there, are, there are players that are not rentals. Yeah. They're not just here for a year. And if you're talking about— So I'll take about, minor, If you're way. talking about somebody that you can yeah. have under control for two to three years— Right. —as opposed to a prospect in the system that it may take two to three years to get there, do you make that type of move right now? I still don't think— that one starting pitcher makes this team a winner. It, Hector Neris has lost the feel on his slider again. You have other problems in the bullpen. You, oh, is that the reason that he drilled the guy? Uh, <laughs> so he gets a, Hector Neris gets a three-game suspension, yeah. then comes back, gives uh-huh. up a home run to almost cost the save yesterday, right. holds up, gets the save, drops an F-bomb to the Dodgers, who right. clearly didn't like it. Yeah, apparently in L.A. they don't curse. Your thought about <laughs> that whole situation. <laughs> I just said what my thought is. I am concerned about the bullpen still. Yeah. I think that's understanding. You have every right to be. What it is. Yeah, the, bull, the bullpen is not strong. but the, So I still believe... And I, I don't know how many weeks you want to spend time with me with us talking about this, but I believe that Alec Bohm will be the third baseman next year. I believe that that Damon Jones so will likely be up here. Do you try to trade here. Franco if Hold he has on. any value? Yes, and Cesar Hernandez. Ah, oh, you're with me. Yeah, I, I I put put Kingery at second base, put Hazley in center field. Assume that McCutcheon's back next year and healthy, and you have a a great starting eight. Now the question is, is whether or not you can fill in the pitching. All right. Well, we'll but talk- it's not going to happen this year. Let's talk about pitching for a second. Roy Halladay is going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Man, uh, I wish I was going. I know Don't that you? he has a special place in your heart. I learned something really cool about him this week, though. Yeah. Did you see what's going on display a baseball? Yes. Okay, so Mariano Rivera taught Roy Halladay how to throw his cutter. At an all-star game. At an all-star game. And he gave him a baseball where he drew in pen on the ball where the fingers go in placement. Roy Halladay kept that ball in his bag every day. And that ball is now going on display at Cooperstown. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and they're both going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Look, all the stories about Roy Halladay are amazing. Have you ever heard a bad story about Roy Halladay? I not mean, not him as a person. He had his personal struggles, which right. have come out afterwards. Yeah. Which I don't doesn't make you a bad person. No. If, just because you have struggles, and I think people often equate the two. Um, personal struggles do not mean that you're a bad person. No, but but the stories about his his early career and being sent back down to the minor and. and those kind of stories and and the number of people that he touched i mean i can tell you personally that it you know my kid loved roy halliday 
And there are How many some, players did we talk to in the Philly system who said that Halliday every would one of them every, Clearwater every, and come to spring training and work with them in the Gulf Coast he, League? He, you know, as quiet as it wasn't like Roy Halliday wasn't the traditional Philly favorite in that he, he wasn't very talkative when he was here. He was he, just a bulldog. He, he was, and he was just all business. He went out there, and you just knew that you were going to get an amazing— I mean, how, what would you have given back back when he was pitching here to know that your ticket was for his next start? I'd give anything I, for a pitcher like that now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, but no, back then, even you— he was one of those guys that you didn't leave your seat when he was pitching. You went and got your food during the offense, which is is rare. You just knew you were going to get a great performance, and you knew you were going to get every ounce that he had. I mean, I was in Chicago when he collapsed on the mound. Oh, from that heat exhaustion. Yeah, it was. He just left everything out on the field, and you hear that all the time. And I don't know if I believe it all the time. I believe it you with Roy Halladay. I yeah. mean, he's he. That's what you'd want every athlete to give. Yeah, I figured you'd want to be out there at mm-hmm. Cooperstown for it this weekend. Uh, uh, but you'll be watching, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and you know, I can't. I don't know who's inducting him. I don't know if it's if it's Charlie or if it's somebody else. But I'm sure the speeches are just going to be, you know, through the roof. And he's not going on with a hat in because he didn't want to choose between yeah the Phillies and and Toronto, mm-hmm. which is well, kind of cool. And, and the you know, and the other thing is, you know, we do have another Philadelphian, and Jason, Jason Stark Stark's is going, going in. in. And, and you know, you got to give him kudos because he's a great writer uh, and a great. He's the best. Yeah, he he is the mm-hmm. absolute best. Can we talk golf for a minute? Sure. There was history made today, Jeff. For the <laughs> Tiger Woods and Phil, not Nick, the kind of history that the that the that producers want. want for the weekend, right? No, yeah. ratings yeah. ratings just plummeted with yeah. what happened today. Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson have played in combined 193 majors. They've started the same major 83 times. This is the first time that they will both miss the cut in a tournament that they're playing together. So Tiger, I guess, needs to play less, and Phil needs to eat more. Hey, easy there. Well, Phil, Phil somebody who Phil's stru- thing was he he stopped he literally stopped I guess stopped eating and lost 15 pounds and it didn't help. As somebody who struggles with the scale, I don't I don't yeah. go to anybody's decisions there. Well, Phil's not struggling with the scale. He just said that he 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 wasn't as young as he used to be. There are 73 golfers inside the cut line at mm-hmm. plus one. Rory McIlroy just Isn't, missed the cut. Oh, at plus two. And that's basically his. He home had a course. chance for a birdie on the last hole uh, to make it and uh it just didn't happen for him darren clark uh pulled a he three putted the par four on the 18th to make a triple bogey and missed the cut so i mean of all the courses the open seems to be the most humbling for the golfers yeah and there's usually not any water that's that's the amazing part of it it's just i've played link style courses the horrible part of a link style course is even if you hit a good shot you could be standing in a bad spot. You could be uphill, downhill, side hill. It there's just no flat place to hit the ball, and it sh- it shows the most skill for golfers. And somehow, Brooks Kepka. So the other night, day I'm home and I hear. By the way, did you hear Brooks Kepka doesn't practice except before majors? And I'm sitting there going, Can that be? I wish I could be that good. 
Yeah, I, I mean, look, golf is, all, golf is muscle memory. And, and I'm a not lot that good men- at putting my shoes on. I have to practice doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, so if you miss four days of putting your shoes on, do you just forget how to tie your shoelaces? Probably. Okay. <laughs> I don't tie my shoelaces. I leave them tied. Oh, wait. Them are, are you, are, do you already have like a high-tech version of those sneakers where the shoelaces tie themselves? No, I don't. I just leave them tied. Yeah. And I also don't have Velcro. Like Back to the Future? But, but I... Uh, you get, don't? Hold get, on, let me check. You'll, you'll get Velcro soon enough, Jeff. Can we uh, be serious? Are they pre-tied? Can we be serious for a yeah, second what? and talk NFL? Uh, somehow Tyreek Hill is going to rejoin the Kansas City Chiefs with no punishment. Good job, Roger. Despite the fact Goodell, that, that there is. are concerns that there was child abuse, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he is literally on tape saying, sort of threatening the girlfriend, telling her that she should be concerned. Right. I get that you're not going to be arrested and charged. The NFL fined Zeke Elliott for jumping in the Goodwill no, camp. Salvation Army. The Salvation yeah. Army camp. Uh-huh. How is there no discipline for somebody around involved in a child abuse situation, allegedly? Right. And on tape. Well, that's the here's here's the not allegedly part, right? So so first of all, He's had an issue before, which was the reason that he was not drafted in the first round. He now has this issue. Now, whether or not you believe what's on the tape or what's not on the tape regarding the other things, and the police have apparently not concluded that that he had the issue, that he was the one who caused the broken arm to the child. What is clear from that video, that audio tape, unless somebody's going to now say it's doctored, and I don't think anybody has said that yet, is, is the threat to the fiance. I'm not I think she might even be the same person from the first incident, but I'm not sure. Why why does the NFL not think that that's enough? If he's a backup on special teams is he punished? If he's I, not No, the, he's cut. Exactly. He's cut. And that's but the, the problem. But the Chiefs I mean the Chiefs have now had this happen there twice cuz Kareem no Hunt. consistent standard for discipline in the NFL when handling these cases. None at all. I don't think it should be in their hands. Just my take on it. In whose hands? The NFL's hands. I so think, whose hands do you want I it think to be it in? Should be, I think they should create some type of independent entity that reviews these types of situations. The NFL has shown but itself But that would still clear, be the NFL. The NFL has shown itself clearly incapable of directly dealing with issues of discipline when it comes around these types of situations, domestic violence, things like that. They do not handle it correctly. Unless they see it on video, it didn't really happen. So here's, here's And that shouldn't be the standard. <clears throat> this is not a question. This is a statement. If you're wearing a Tyreek Hill jersey or you're wearing a Kareem Hunt jersey or any of these guys that have gotten into this problem, toss them. Please, don't walk around. Look, you want to root for your team. You want to wear a Chiefs jersey. You want to wear a Browns jersey, stuff like that. That's fine. Don't wear it of somebody like that. Don't promote that. I'm cool with that. Hey, by the way, since, since I mentioned Kareem Hunt, are there enough stories on the Browns? No. Well, that's why they're going to be at Hard Knocks. <laughs> There'll be a lot to talk about. Jeff, we got about two minutes left. Let's do a little extra time. The Chicago Fire are coming to Talon Energy Stadium on Saturday night where it would literally be it's on be fire. It's toasty. There. It is going to be very toasty. I hope people going down bring plenty of water. So we'll have, will Wooten be playing? Oh, I think so. Okay. I think so. So you have Wooten. Now you got Fabian healthy. 
uh, everybody's back. The Union are right? 10, 6, and 6. They lost 4 nothing against Real Salt Lake last Saturday night. Yeah, that was rough. What, Chicago, what happened there? I don't know. I, it, they did not look good from the start. They looked out of sync in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they never looked... They, they honestly they didn't, didn't look, look like, like the Union. They didn't look like they made the trip to Salt Lake, right. is what it was, mm-hmm. and it was unfortunate to watch. The, luckily, they're playing the Chicago Fire, Coach Jim Curtin's old team that he played for. Yep who have won just one in their last 10 games. They were minutes away from their only win when they had to settle for a tie. They're 5-9-8 and eight on mm-hmm. the season. Uh, how do you feel about the team going into this weekend? I mean, based on what you just told me about the Chicago Fires record, um, I think that and what happened in Salt Lake, you got to hope that that's an anomaly, that this go- doesn't start a second-half trend. I, I hope not. Uh, they really need to, to get another win and keep but, it going. But keep it, you know, look, the first game, the first couple games when you have a new guy coming, you know, it, it's it's hard. You want to make sure that you integrate them the right way, and it does change the offense and the defense. So may, maybe that was a little bit of it. We'll shout see what out, happens. Shout out to the Union, by the way, who teamed up with the city of Philadelphia this week. They're going to build 15 mini soccer pitches and two new fields around the city so the kids will get to play. Those are the things. It's just another example of a team giving back to a community. Those are the things that we like to see, Jeff. Um, you're gonna The Haskell is this weekend. It looks like they are going to race at Monmouth <laughs> Park. Uh, yeah. Concerns about are you going? the heat. No, nah, I'm not going to make it out there. I don't, I don't know. 100 degree heat, you really want horses out there racing? And th- there's been a lot of concerns raised from everybody from PETA to local officials about mm-hmm. that, but the track has said that they're going to go on and race. So we'll see. They were hoping for a match, rematch of the Kentucky Derby. Not going to get that with some of the horses hurt. Yeah. Any last thoughts before we get off the air? Shout out to Adam Hazley. who made his, had his first major league home run. We'll, we'll let, go, let it go to Greg Kassert and Kirsten Carbach with the Reading Phils. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hottest in the game.